Confidential Advocacy Program provides confidential support services to OHSU members who've experienced any form of sexual misconduct, regardless of when or where it took place. CAP also provides education and training resources, self-care tools such as trauma-informed yoga and art therapy, and a community for survivors. It's Tuesday, November 3rd, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. Kelsey Hewald sat down with Stephanie McClure to learn more about the Confidential Advocacy Program and how the program supports members along a path to safety. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. So do you want to first start out with introducing yourself? So my name is Stephanie McClure. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and they, them, theirs. And I'm the Confidential Advocacy Program Director. So tell us a little bit more about Confidential Advocacy and what that program is. Yeah, so the Confidential Advocacy Program, or CAP for short, as we're often referred to across the institution, provides support services to folks who've experienced any form of what we consider sexual misconduct. So that would include sexual harassment, sexual assault, uh, dating violence, domestic violence, and stalking. Um, We also provide support um, and have been providing support uh, recently to folks who experience other forms of violence um, and particularly discrimination. And is that available to students or employees or everyone? It's a really great question. So our services are available to any OHSU member. So that would include OHSU students, it would include residents, it would include faculty and staff, um, any volunteers of the institution, um, or even folks that are contractors of the institution can utilize our services. The CAP program has been around for a couple of years now. What have you achieved? Kind of what are those milestones that have been happening throughout the last couple of years? So we started CAP um, around July of 2018. And there had been no program like this at OHSU um, before. So the last two years have really been focusing on building uh, the structures of the program and building out program development work so that we can um, provide services to everyone. In the last two years, we have not only, we started out working on developing structures to be able to provide support services to folks in Portland area generally, Um, We have been able to expand our services to five locations across the state and to be able to provide services 24 hours, uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We have built partnerships with community-based agencies so that we can provide those services as we are a very small department. Uh, comprised of myself, the director, and another advocate, Stacy, And so we rely on those relationships with community partners. So the five um, other locations that we have services include Portland, LaGrand, Ashland, Klamath Falls, and Monmouth. And those are available at our, our campuses there for students, um, but we also provide services to any employee that might be um, stationed within those areas as well. In addition to hotline services, 24-hour services, uh, we also have worked on a variety of other initiatives. One that uh, we've been promoting throughout the year, um, we helped collaborate with um, Dr. Karen Eden 
in the informatics department to create a new mobile app called the Respect for All app that allows people to access resources and information about their rights, um, information about um, various forms of sexual misconduct and options for reporting, as well as other get access to community-based resources that might be outside of the reporting structure. We are very, very excited um, that recently Senate approved to expand that app. So Dr. Karen Eden will be continuing to work on that app over the next two years to include more resources for um, forms of racial discrimination specifically. And when you talk about services, can you explain a little bit of what that means in practice? What are you doing day to day? This can be a whole a whole lot of different things. Um, our services are always going to be specific to the situation that somebody is in, right? So folks can give us a call or they can send us a text through our secure messaging app signal, or they can send us an email. Um, they can let us know what's going on, if there are barriers that they're experiencing, if they're having um, struggles at work or in school, um, that might be impacting what's happening is impacting that. We can help connect them with resources to address those things. We can um, talk with folks, supervisors, and with the human resources department to put in interventions, what we call supportive services. Same with faculty. Um, if folks are having a hard time with classwork, we can put in towards supportive measures to address those things. We also have the ability of helping people understand what their options are. So if something is happening at work, for example, and they don't feel safe at work, we can put in interventions to, to increase safety for those individuals. Um, we can make sure that they know what their rights are. Um, we can talk to them about various reporting structures, if that's an avenue that they're interested in. If they are not interested in reporting, we can also talk to them about other avenues and options that might be available to them outside of that reporting um, structure that is internal to OHSU. For folks that decide they do um, want to move forward and report something, we can provide them with support through that entire process. A lot of what we do is serve kind of as guides. Um, so folks have someone they can talk to confidentially and understand what to predict in that process. Somebody to talk to about their experience going through that process and someone that can advocate for them um, if during that process they're feeling like there's something that needs to be addressed that isn't being addressed, we can do all of that. We also um, often help folks outside of OHSU system. If there are any sort of legal proceedings that are occurring, we can accompany folks um, to court. We regularly do that. We can help folks apply for protective orders or commonly referred to as, as restraining orders and help folks go through any sort of criminal justice proceeding if that is something that they choose to do. In addition to that, we also provide a lot of resources to help folks that might be interested in other systems outside of criminal justice, maybe the civil system or um, community-based resources that might be available um, to address the needs that they have. Any form of violence that impacts us holistically, right? So not just physically or emotionally, um, but it also impacts the way that we are able to move through the world at work and at home and um, in our social spheres. And so we really try to focus on providing holistic support. That's fantastic. So I have to ask after several years and this being a new to OHSU program, really, and you being new to OHSU, what have you learned and have you had to shift and change things as you've gone? Yeah, um, 
the short answer is yes. <laughs> we have had to shift and we are shifting. Um, we have learned a lot, um, particularly in the last couple of years, being able to um, sit beside folks as they're um, trying to move forward and, and increase safety in their lives, um, both personally and professionally. We've learned a lot about the institutional systems at OHSU and um, have been working very diligently with our um, stakeholders and partners through Affirmative Action Equal Opportunity, HR, and other departments to identify um, where there might be gaps in institutional processes where folks are falling through the cracks. So one of the things that CAP um, has seen quite a bit is there really is a need institutionally for advocacy, not just on an individual level, um, on an individual case-by-case -case level, but um, on a collective level. And so recently over the summer, we started a new project called Survivor Voices. And this project really is to, in hopes that we can utilize all of the many folks across this institution that have experienced violence and are have needed support, have received support, or maybe haven't received the support that they need to be able to amplify their voices and help CAP to be able to advocate for them um, as, as, a, as a strong unit and kind of using that collective power um, to start to see more institutional changes. Um, so one of the first things that we have been working on with that particular project, um, the institution is currently in the process of um, reviewing some policies, um, particularly the discrimination and harassment policy. We were able to put together um, a, a group of folks to help review that policy. Um, and then we did a lot of outreach to past participants of our services on um, what were their experiences um, around maybe reporting um, or going to a supervisor and letting them know about what's happening around these issues and, and, what, um, and what are ways that we might want to to improve that policy or make it more survivor-centered. Um, so we've been doing that work. We also hosted um, recently three town hall meetings um, to collect more information, both related to the policy development work and proposal that we, we're providing to the policy committee, um, but also to what are the other areas where folks are really feeling that they need we need more um, advocacy at that kind of systemic level across the institution. That's really, really exciting and I think really powerful. How do people get involved? Yeah, so they can email us at capsupport at ohsu.edu and, and sign up there and, and we'll reach out and get connected and, and chat with folks and let them know the next steps. So you deal with some really heavy stuff um, and some really intense things. What do you do to take care of your personal well-being? How are you managing that with everything going on? I think that's a great question. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, in the field, advocacy field at large, um, self-care is a huge component. Um, we need to do whatever we can as advocates um, to support ourselves so that we can show up to do this work every day and be present with folks. Um, and so that does involve, you know, really focusing on 
finding strategies that help us um, to to be resilient and um, to be able to be present with folks and um, listen and and be there to affirm and validate and um, not be thinking about anything other than what is happening right now in that moment as I'm with this individual. Um, so a lot of the things that I personally do and um, Stacy um, does as well for our own self-care include things like yoga. Um, you know, over the summer, we hosted a trauma-informed yoga series, which folks can look at on our website, which is u.edu backslash cap. And um, there are, I think, over a dozen um, trauma-informed yoga sessions um, that are available for folks to participate in. We as a staff also participated in those sessions um, because I think as a director of CAP, it's really important to me that I'm doing whatever I can to support my staff to make sure that we are able to be um, resilient. Um, in addition to yoga, I personally do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of breath work, um, and we actually do provide a lot of resources and support services to folks around breath work um, because we know that um, the research tells us that it is very effective in terms of reducing anxiety and stress um, and um, really kind of grounding so that we are able to, to be able to, to move through our days effectively. Um, other than that, I, I love to hike and be outside as much as I possibly can. Those are all good recommendations, I think, for everyone. So if you could recommend or say one thing to the OHSU community, just from your role as someone who advises and gives guidance, what would that be? I would say if you, if somebody trusts you enough to come to you and to share this super vulnerable thing with you, this thing that has happened to them that they did not want to have happen. I would just ask that you trust them, that you believe them, that you tell them that you believe them and that you do whatever you can to get them connected to support services like CAP. And I would also say for supervisors in particular, I would just say, and, and also faculty, if CAP reaches out to you, um, please talk with us. We are here to support you as well. We recognize that there's not a lot of um, continued education everywhere on best practices in working with survivors. And there are very specific state and federal laws um, that CAP can help you learn more about. And um, we also have a variety of services that we can provide to you to learn more about how best to support the folks um, that you are overseeing. Um, you have a lot of power as someone who oversees a survivor. And often what you do can make a huge, huge impact on the lives of survivors. Because of the impacts of trauma, it may impact somebody's performance. It may impact somebody's ability to show up um, to work or to school, right? Um, but we really need to build a community that is here to support survivors and do whatever we can to ensure that they have access to the resources that they need so that they can show up, 
so that they can be present. We are a community and um, we can work together to really make a huge difference in the lives of survivors as well as across the institution when we think about retention of really amazing folks that they had no control over what happened and should not necessarily be punished in any way whatsoever um, for something that that they did not want to have happen. If we can come together as a community to support them, it will only make us stronger as an institution. Very well put. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us and share all the things you're doing and explain how people can get help. Thank you, Kelsey. I really appreciate the opportunity. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Kelsey Hewalt and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. Thanks for listening.